if you're going to sell, that's the place to go. If you're going to buy, go to a, a more mature audience and one of the other boards. But if you're selling, there are so many idiots on that board that will yeah. buy anything. I mean, they'll buy samples of BTAC for God's sake. <laughs> Hey everyone, we know that the roundtables are a crowd favorite, and I hope that you're going to watch them live next time so you can also do that. But, you know, you also need to subscribe to us on iTunes because your iTunes subscriptions are what helps keep the show numbers up and we can continue this to keep going. We've had a few people mention that some of our earlier podcasts have actually fallen off of iTunes. Well, we kind of did a little research and found out that iTunes only shows 99 episodes at a time, and we are well beyond that point at this point. So if you're just now joining us, you can listen to all the earlier episodes by going to bourbonpursuit.com. Remember, if you have a friend getting into bourbon, tell him or her about this podcast and continue sharing. I've been incredibly lucky, especially during this bourbon hunt, to see people around Louisville that have listened to the podcast and say that they had a friend turn them on to it. The iTunes reviews are awesome, so please, please, please keep those coming in. With that, enjoy this week's episode. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 0002703. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com. And you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Welcome back to the episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast, the official podcast of bourbon, the number one podcast of bourbon. If you do a search on iTunes as well, we have the 13th edition of the Bourbon Community Roundtable, which is always a crowd favorite. I think I've said it. Well, this will be the 13th time now. We do this on YouTube Live. So if you want to be a part of this, go ahead, join it, click the link, and you can be a part of the discussion. We've got a chat rolling in. We've got uh, a little bit over 40, 45 viewers right now. So this is uh, this is going to be a fun one, Ryan. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well. I, I was having some first world problems with my Wi-Fi. 
So I'm just a little late to the party, but uh, glad to be here. Really excited for this one. Well, good. I'm glad we glad we can do that. And you know, we always, you know, Brian can't make it tonight, and I didn't do uh, what I could usually do is try to find somebody else. I was too busy doing some other stuff. But uh, I also have to. We have to we have to talk about. We have got a new face on the roundtable tonight. It is the it, we've. I don't know, guys. How long do you think that we've talked and said like this third guy? He's he doesn't exist. <laughs> the entire time, I thought yeah. it was just you know they took a picture of the two of their faces and somehow made Eric you know out of this. But he's this a real better person. For writers. Yeah, he is a real yeah. person. <laughs> so uh, Eric from Breaking Bourbon, man, welcome to the show. Woohoo! Thanks, guys. You made it. So Victor, I guess victory. Yeah. Before we kick it off, man, I guess you got to tell us a little bit about you because, you know, we talk about Jordan and Nick all the time. So I guess give us a little bit of your background and where you're coming from and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, like the guys probably said, we, the, the three guys, the Breaking Bourbon guys, we all grew up together. Um, we've been friends for a long, long time, elementary school, uh, got into bourbon kind of at the same time. And, you know, we started the website, um, but for me personally, I guess I, I have a background in graphic design and web uh, website development and that sort of thing. And that's kind of where our hobby kind of came out of too. It's, hey, why don't we, let's write about bourbon and we have the tools to kind of make a website and do this. So what, what would you say is your specialty of the website? Because I know that, you know, you guys all kind of share the reviews, but you do, you do some reviews too. Do you think you do reviews better than Nick and Jordan? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> way better. That's, that's our goal tonight is to pin one breaking bourbon member against the others. <laughs> yeah, most people say I'm the best breaking bourbon member. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what we're looking for. That's the sound bite. <laughs> I can tell you, mainly my mom, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can tell you that breaking bourbon, you're the way that you lay out information is so easy to read. That's why people Big love letters. Yeah, well, they just the, the, it's so detailed, and people love to use your posts when they try to sell stuff. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations on helping to contribute to that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll talk a little about that, and you know some of the reviews that you all have done. But I want to let uh, the other Is two Carrie's guys sitting on the floor. I was just curious. Carrie's <laughs> in, his, in his yeah. You missed that before we started recording. He's he's in his new uh, environment now that he is not banished to the basement uh, forever. So he's he's just chilling. On his couch, eating his frozen pizza. And his <laughs> basement got flooded. He had to move upstairs. <laughs> oh, my kitchen's so pretty now. Nice. <laughs> so I want to let you know, that you guys go. So, Carrie, you've already started talking. So kind of talk about, uh, you know, where you blog from and your favorite kind of pizza as well. All right. So uh, I'm Carrie. I like long walks on the beach and pepperoni pizza with extra sauce on it from uh, Papa John's. Uh, I run uh, suburbia.com, S-U-B-O-U-R-B-I-A.com. You can follow me on Twitter at bourbon underscore gamer and uh you can also find me as usual on what board blake <laughs> bourbon our facebook group bourbon our facebook group that's right he is uh the uh, official um sponsored admin for the uh, entire page so if you have a problem with the post getting deleted just go ahead and hit up carrie <laughs> he'll, he'll let you know why it's taken down he's the moderator yeah okay. he's the official moderator <laughs> I'm not admin. I just moderate, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. My up? Yep. You're up, Blake. All right. I'm Blake from bourboner.com. You can find me at bourboner.com backslash blog, the bourboner Facebook group, uh, Twitter, Instagram, slowly trying to put more stuff on YouTube. And that's pretty much it. 
Awesome. So there was uh, there was some good news in, in bourbon and whiskey this week. You know, some of it was sleuthing from uh, from Carrie, which we'll talk about towards the end of the show. But, you know, there's there's one big name in whiskey that's out there. That's Jim Murray. And he came out with his picks for the top whiskeys of the year. And I don't know, maybe it was a, it was a surprise to me. Um, I don't know about you guys, because everybody's gotten a chance to try it and taste it. And Jim Murray picked E.H. Taylor's Four Green, which was a limited release. Uh, it was probably a few months ago is when it kind of was when it came out as his choice for whiskey of the year. Um, immediately, it didn't take more than uh, four hours that the prices on the secondary market went up about $100. So it went from about a $200, $200 bottle to about a $300 bottle. Um, and it was down to a $200 bottle because in my opinion, and I think in some other people's opinions, it wasn't that good. So uh, I kind of want to push it over to somebody else to kind of think about what are your thoughts on the H. Taylor four grain and is Jim Murray just, uh, losing credibility over here as, uh, Z Hayden 35 said. I think before we talk about four grain itself, I want to know how do you pronounce a 2007 whiskey of the year in September? Like, is it based on a a calendar, like an academic calendar year? Like, is are we talking about 2007 was 10 years ago? (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you pick the the whiskey of the year in September? So he he announced a winner in August, and um, okay, he does a previous year. So in in 2016, he actually awarded William Larue Weller from 2014. Is that how it's supposed to work? Well, I'm looking at it and it says like Booker's Rye won 2017. Booker's Rye was 2016, right? Is it like 2017 is actually 20? I don't know. So so Max Christie's figuring this out for us. So he's calling <laughs> Four Grain as the winner of 2018. Okay. Booker's Rye was of 2017. Crown Royal Harvest was 2016. So now I think we've got that settled. Right. We can kind of move on a little bit from here, okay? So does the actual the actual book doesn't come out until next year, I guess? I would think that's you're correct. So okay. which, I mean, no, there's no 2018 winners. Oh, it is 2018. Yes, it, that is his 2018 winner. Is is EH wondering, right? Yeah. To to me, it always it, it's become a way to sell books because. Which, I mean, I guess that's what all this is, but <laughs> it, it, uh, at the end of the day, you know, with the Crown Royal win and Booker's, I agreed with. I actually liked the four grain. I thought it, I thought it was good, but was it whiskey of the year? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. You know, of course, every year it's like, well, so-and-so's Diageo's paying them to do this. Well, Sazerac sure took home a lot of medals this year. So somebody's paying. I guess it was Sazerac. I think they won about every whiskey category there was for American whiskey. Um, they got Adidas back in them, not, you know, giving them cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's conversation for later in the. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that was the other issue I had with it was it was it was all Sazerac, right? It was Sazerac yeah. and couches. Like there are other people yeah. out there making bourbon. Um, yeah, I just which, don't see I mean, how Al, Al Young's done get in there. I mean, that was uh, my favorite that, so far. I thought the Al Young was in there. And even – I never see Elijah Craig Barrel Proof get in there. And I thought that was awesome. a really good Yeah, run. this year's was awesome. Um, so who knows? I mean, there's a lot of politics at play. And at the end of the day, it's a guy who has been known for rating, you know, scotch and other malt, single malts and that kind of stuff. So 
now that he's in bourbon, I feel like he's just trying to sell more books and his face on the front of the book still creeps me out no matter what, no matter how many times <laughs> I see it. If I walk yeah. past it on my dresser, like I have to hide it from my kids. So <laughs> it looks like he's trying to be the Dos Equis man or something. Yeah. yeah. Just whiffing hard. I think he's he's one of those that um, markets to the person who doesn't know anything about bourbon and rye, yeah. And he's like the, you know, the 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 person wants to buy a gift for someone that they know is into bourbon. They don't know what they're buying. They go into Amazon. They go into you know Barnes and Noble and they say, oh look, here's a here's a book on world whiskeys. I know that Billy Bob drinks whiskeys and. You know, that's that's kind of his market right there is the people who don't really know much. And the people who are, I remember hearing Bourbon Truth talk about him three or four years ago, just saying how ridiculous his selections were and mm-hmm. how he he was, you know, paid off by whiskey companies. And I haven't really put much credibility into him. I would take John Hansel over his mm-hmm. his opinions, you know, any day. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of money, as, as you'd mentioned earlier, that gets thrown around by these whiskey companies. Um, I mean, if you look at, you know, even the San Francisco World Spirits competition, like, uh, is there anything that doesn't get a gold or a double gold? Like everything does, right? Like it, if you rate it an 80, like at least an 80, it deserves a gold and then everybody markets the shit out of it. And a lot of these are really, uh, you pay to play, right? I mean, it's all put on by, it's sponsored by those kinds of companies. And so, therefore, they have a vested interest in it uh, at the same exact time. Uh, Eric, I kind of want to get your thoughts, too. I know we're kind of speaking over you here. That's right. Uh, I kind of – I liked Four Grain. I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was great, uh, but I, I enjoyed it, and it had a different taste to it. It was kind of interesting. And, you know, I think maybe Jim Murray, just, he, take, he tastes so many different things that something like that that's just a little different kind of sticks out to him and maybe he remembers it more or goes on a short list. And then as he goes down, he goes, you know, which one did I really remember the most going through these? What, what made the impact on me? And maybe that's how he picked it. I don't know. You know, maybe he gets sick of picking antique collection every year, you know, that not going to sell books. Um, yeah. yeah. Alex Catalan kind of made a, uh, a pretty good comment and he said, if you award the big boys, then those books are going to end up in their gift shop and probably promotional materials and packages going forward. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it does make sense that they would do that too. That's a great point. Yeah. You know, and it's not that Four Grain really was that controversial. I think last year we were more bewildered that he chose such a terrible whiskey as his world whiskey of the year. If, you, if any of you tried the Northern Harvest Crown Royal, I mean – Oh, that was that was like three years. Last year was Booker's Rye, right? Yeah, last year was Booker's Rye. Is that really um, two years ago? Yeah. Hey guys, it's a different calendar year. Just think of it <laughs> as like as like the, the year. That's, this it's is four like grain is NCAA basketball season. You know, four like, grain is the, like, is the 2018 winner. Okay, so let's just – now we got that laid out, right? <laughs> well, let's, let's not try to figure out calendar days here, but – Who buys Crown Royal, like if anything? The funny thing is, I remember going into the store the next day, and the sh- shelves were gone of Crown Royal Rye, and I think I still, I still have like a bottle that's three quarters of the way gone in my cabinet. From I mean, it's a decent rye at best, nowhere near World Spirit of the. Because I remember having the conversation, I was like, well, maybe he just meant like, hey, this is whiskey of the year because it's good. It's a Affordable, everyone can it's available, and they're like, No, he said it's the best thing he's tasted all year long. Like, well, okay, never mind. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but that's just that's just not true. Is it Michael Urado? 
he said, Jim Murray made me go out and buy Northern Harvest. He owes me 35 bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, Michael. It's, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's so so I've had a chance to taste uh, four grain. I, I think, uh, you know, I'll echo some of Eric's comments like, yeah, it was it was all right. I didn't think it was anything too special. Um, you know, I still want a bottle for myself because – just collecting and wanting something that's out and that's new. Yeah, I want it. Um, for me, I have a theory that if they knew for the longest time that four grain bourbon was the best possible way to make bourbon, then they would have been making four grain bourbon the entire so, damn time. Right? right. So I don't, that's why I don't come around and I think like, Oh, this is a great bourbon or great whiskey. I don't think there is much there for me. So I, I was kind of, you know, underwhelmed by it, but yeah. The speakeasy had a good question because, as we've talked about this before, the four grain was a limited release this year. However, we know that they are coming out with another four grain release next year. So how is this going to affect the the chase in the market? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric's making basically like a, a an upwards mobile graph here, just like putting his yeah. hands in the air. So, yeah. Did somebody make that point? That's a really good point. They have another batch of it coming out next year. Is it different four grains or the same? Just one year older. Just one yeah. year older. Gotcha. They just had a what large. Was it like eleven years or something? Yeah, the first twelve. It'll be twelve next year. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. It. I don't even want to see the prices and the marketing that's going to go around it. Of. You know, world's best whiskey named by. Well, I guess they probably just don't even name it. They say world's best whiskey and now available every store who gets a bottle is going to immediately put that on the shelf, which, you know, perfect for marketing. But if you're just wanting to buy a bottle, there go your chances. Cause wasn't that the one that had like a super high bottle count the first time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, we live in a, a day and age in bourbon where it doesn't matter. I mean, if it's limited edition, it's already going to have a higher price. Oh, yeah. If it even hits a shelf. So we, we, you know, that's, I think that's irrelevant whether or not Jim Murray praises it. I mean, we're, we're going to still fight for it and most of us are still going to pay more than we should for it. <laughs> yeah, that's typical, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that people are going to go for it no matter what. I, uh, I, Honestly, I was a little relieved when it started dropping down in price in the secondary market and you could get it for $200 and, you know, $100 over retail, like for a limited release, you're like, okay, well, that's, that's actually not too bad. Um, then this shit happens and now it's going to make it, um, you know, a little bit harder to, to come across and stuff like that. So let's go ahead and let's kind of move on to uh, the next subject here. Uh, and I haven't had a chance to try it. I know uh, because... I don't get samples ever sent to me, but I know a few guys here have had the chance to try the new Woodford Reserves Master Collection. So whoever has and has some information can can talk to us about it. Go ahead and and kind of uh, give some info. What is it? Exactly. That's what I'm asking Blake or Eric or Carrie. I, I don't get Woodford. It's got the rye or something, is it? I, I think I talked too bad about Brown Foreman uh, for a while because I don't get anything from them. No Old Forester, no Woodford. Um, that's why we don't get it because of Ryan. <laughs> well, can't, you know. We can't help it. The Woodford sucks. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, so <laughs> Carrie, Carrie's got the bottle in front of us. So Carrie kind of, kind of okay. spilled some information about what this is. Uh, talk about it. Don't show it. This is an audio podcast. Masters collection, <laughs> Carrie Wood smoked barley. So, um, 
they took some Woodford and they took cherry wood and they smoked it <laughs> and they ate barley and they spit back in the barrels and then they dumped a bunch of Woodford in it and then they rolled them down the pastures. Oh, down then, that little rail, you know. I don't think that was in the press release. Oh, no. I, I <laughs> and then they bottled it um, and sent it out to the world. So I think um, it's terrible. Um, but Breaking Bourbon disagrees with me. So we've got a little little fight going on. So. Nice. I'll, I'm ready to hear y'all yeah, it out. Come on, Eric. Let's go <laughs> ahead. Talk about it. Yeah, so I'm the one that reviewed it, so this works out good. Um, so it actually has 30% malt in it, and that makes it definitely different than their usual. Um, so I thought I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um, I thought the nose was really bright. Uh, I had a kind of almost like a cherry Kool-Aid smell. Um, it, the flavor, the, the palate wasn't super strong, which I think it could have been a little stronger, but I, I enjoyed it. And I think the malt really is really, you know, kind of comes across pretty strong over it. And then you got a little bit of that cherry and smoke on the, the more on the finish and a little heat on the finish. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more than the, the last couple, especially the Pinot Noir one from a couple years ago I reviewed. And then, you know, the brandy last year was decent, but I thought this year was a big improvement. And after trying it, I actually want to buy a bottle of it this year. Did you, well, first of all, did you, did you try the white corn? Oh, the no. White no. corn. Yeah. So epic that, fail. That like ruined me to Woodford master collection. Cause that was like far and away, probably the worst product that was released in the past five years. And that's saying a lot. Cause there's a lot of orphan barrels that came out that uh, <laughs> I think hoop and holler was, was almost undrinkable. White corn. So I will say this. Are you a fan of Japanese whiskey? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, yeah, not a humongous fan. I like bourbon, but I enjoyed it. I think it reminds me of a Japanese whiskey. I think that the the malted barley does definitely come through, and I think that's maybe why I don't like it. I'm not a, a big uh, scotch. It definitely or, tastes different. Is yeah, it close to like a Parker's malt or anything like that. Yeah, and that's actually what I'm drinking here tonight is Parker's malt. Um, okay, it is. It's, I think it, I mean, you de- there's Go definitely ahead. like a, a smokier malt to it. I just yeah, how smoky it. is it? Is it, it's you know, not overly more smoky. that peated smoke? But okay. I just think, a little bit. I, I feel like the last few smoky whiskeys I've had have just been like a campfire. And No, I, I wouldn't describe it as a campfire at all. Yeah, it tastes like twigs. Say, okay. This reminds me a little bit of the American Prairie um, <laughs> in the West. So I would say a little bit. Campy. What's the age on it? Um, I don't know if they told it. No age statement. Yeah, there's no age. Hmm. There's so, bourbon usually eight, like six to eight, right? It's somewhere around there. I, hmm. I think I think Woodford yeah. does something that's a little bit interesting, and I'll I'll be the one to give them a little accolades here, right? I think that us as a lot of bourbon drinkers in the market are starting to get a little spoiled, and they we we are starting to expect a certain level of what bourbon should taste like or a certain level of like they should, you know, have this bourbon characteristic. Maybe they're just slightly different nuances between different distilleries. However, what they're doing is they're going like completely off the rails here, right? Is they're trying to make something that's completely like is going to like make you go like, oh, this is not like a bourbon at all. This is a completely different, uh, you know, 
taste palate to completely different everything, right? I mean, uh, Eric, you're drinking that 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 Parker's uh, malt that was uh, the PhD release from two years ago, and I didn't think it was very good. However, I still I like liked a bo- I still like a bottle just to be able to say like, let's change it up every once in a while. And I think yep. that's that's some of the problems that that some of the more experienced bourbon drinkers are are kind of not realizing is that you need to just be able to have like, just go and experience different flavors that are out there. Like they all shouldn't just taste like generic bourbon anymore. Like if, if they're going to try to push the envelope and try to do new things, like you have to understand that there's going to be, there's going to be mostly fails, but there's going to be some wins. But a lot of these are just going to have something that you, you're going to have to understand that it's not going to just taste like a normal or regular bourbon. It's got to be outside of that to make you want to, you know, Try something different, I guess you could say. I don't think they call this a bourbon, though. Um, I think they actually, because of the the way that they smoked the malt, they don't. They don't. They actually just call it cherry wood smoked barley. This is hmm. not technically a bourbon. Which that is, I mean, to Kira's point, that is interesting. You know, Buffalo Trace is over here using lasers and all kinds of other things to get their experimental experimental collections this seems a little more within the whiskey realm of hey we smoked cherry with or we smoked with cherry wood the malt and so while you may not get the flavors you recognize it's still an interesting take to see what happens what's is it still in the same master's collection price of like a hundred bucks or so yeah it'll be yeah, nine hundred dollars and they see, the bottle actually says kentucky straight bourbon whiskey it does, yeah it does say i see the bottle yeah does say Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Which so, I guess as long as it's 35% still enough for 51 of the they, corn. They, I guess it wasn't the barrel that I thought. It was the malt itself was, uh, I guess they use a cleaning process and they use cherry wood, smoked cherry wood to malt the barley. Hmm. That's interesting. Which, At least it's something different, right? So I, I would totally agree. I mean, they are actually trying. They are putting out a product that actually is aging as opposed to lasers and therapeutic and stuff like that. And honestly, Brown Foreman has been killing it, I think, lately with a really a couple of really good products. So while I'm actually drinking I, a- while I, I don't I'm not a big fan of it, um, I do salute the fact that they are trying different recipes for stuff. I would agree with that. Oh man, I think we had a few uh, Brown Foreman converts tonight. Yeah. Well, and I will compliment Brown Form. I'm drinking a uh, double oaked rye that's from Woodford. It's actually pretty good. I like it. Which the the regular Wood, Woodford rye is actually really good. Um, and we all know 1920, of course, from Old Forester. So, you know, for being my least favorite distillery, they've put out some releases that I would uh, definitely drink on on uh, multiple occasions. So. I love Statesman. I love this year's birthday bourbon. Um, I haven't had the Statesman yet. Yeah. That's really good. I just can't pull the trigger. It's I gotta go. See, I gotta go see the movie first, and then I can <laughs> feel like I'm allowed to buy it. And with typical fashion, we've got uh, a lot of comments rolling in. Kyle Anderson, Z Hayden, everybody just is talking about Old Forester 1920 as their favorites and stuff. So uh, we always we typically give a shout out for that. Uh, it seems like every show, along with Henry, <laughs> Henry McKenna. So <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. must because if you don't, then somebody is guaranteed to comment. You guys only talk about bourbons I can't find. 
So yeah, I say no. Go listen to minute twenty one thirty six. And yeah, Statesman is a fifty five dollar bourbon, and even though it's less proof than the nineteen twenty, they the barrels came from a hotter source in the warehouse, and I think it comes through in the taste. Uh, somebody asked. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have had a chance to try Corsair's Triple Smoke. I haven't. Somebody's asking if. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I've had it. It's actually. I think I still have it in the cabinet somewhere. It tasted more like a mezcal to me, or like uh, just very intense, like um, more more burnt, like a hickory smoke, or like a, I don't even remember the woods they used. But you gotta you gotta be in the right mood to enjoy that one of course there's one who just throws all kinds of crazy experiments as well but that was one i, I did not enjoy right uh, somebody's asking about that if you know if it was smoky like how would it compare to it but it sounds it's gonna be on uh two separate yeah. planes oh, right there it, it would be you'd probably have to take the woodford pour it through a couple ashtrays and then it'd be similar to the triple smoke <laughs> well i guess we're not having corsair on the show anytime soon now either um <laughs> no i like what yeah. corsair does but that's kind of their thing is they're you know they're they're gonna throw some crazy things out there. <laughs> Their bottles are so ugly, though. They have the ugliest. Thing. Really? See, I I like the uh, like three dudes, but I also do my designing Microsoft Paint, so that could be why I enjoy them. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so there was another question that came out, and somebody said, "Has there ever been a good Woodford Masters release?" And if I recall correctly, there was there was one. Of, I think it was five years ago. It was like the the Fourwood. Something like that. I think everybody everybody yeah. kind of gave very positive reviews about that one. And there was the Chardonnay finish. I'm gonna years ago that everyone seemed to like too. Wasn't there a rye that was pretty good a couple years back? Um, None of them like, like go for more than 99 on secondary, which I find interesting. I, I don't think they command much um, demand, but not to say that they're not some hidden gems in there. I just. I find a lot of coal when I try them. See, we got They're brandy usually available. I always see them on the shelf all throughout the year. Yeah, I think it was the forward selection in 2013 and 2012. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's um, what I, I remember that had some positive reviews out there. I think yeah. that's the only one that that even if you can find it, will still patch. Uh, you know, we'll still have to pay a little bit more than retail. But so let's go ahead and we'll uh, we'll move on since you know we we gave uh, Brown Foreman their their little uh, ten minutes here on on here. Their their paid sponsorship. I hope everybody yeah. got their check in the mail we this got, week. We got a contract in the works. <laughs> I am I am okay with that. If Brown Foreman, you'd like to sponsor the show, we will say all good things all the time. Um, <laughs> They actually will if we want them to. They'll bring on uh, they'll bring on some maybe we'll get Chris Morris on here. Wait, we will take on, here's what's, on here. here's what's funny is they uh so, Zach, we'll we'll get Jackie. We'll get Jackie. Yeah, let's get Jackie. She she's cute. <laughs> In twenty twenty or uh, two thousand five and two thousand six they did a four grain. In two thousand nine, two thousand ten they did a seasoned oak. Um is Buffalo Dang. Trace just Buffalo copying? Trace copying? <laughs> <laughs> they they did a sweet mash. It doesn't Buffalo Trace have a sweet mash coming out? I have no idea. Of, if you're not using eight grains, you need to get out of here. <laughs> like four grains so yesterday. What is eight grains? <laughs> E.H. Taylor white corn's coming very soon. <laughs> yeah. wait for it. Can't wait. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. 
And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. So let's go ahead and let's, let's kind of roll on to the next topic here, right? So we are in the, uh, the height of the release season. We've had antique collections start rolling out in a few different states. Uh, I know I've been on the chase. Um, I know the, the secondary market, it's kind of going up, it's going down. It's, it's kind of finding a, a little bit of a plateau. But there was a uh, – it kind of happened this past week, and um, we'll, we're going to call him out, and we're going to kind of uh, beat the hammer home a little bit. So there was another blogger from Professor Cocktail. His name is David J. Montgomery. Um, I kind of went out and titled it, you know, put in the show notes that he's a moron for doing this <laughs> because uh, all the bloggers on this panel except for yours truly except get – Yeah, they actually get antique samples. Sent well, maybe now. They'll, well, they'll lose now, now that there's an open spot, let's see yeah. if we can go ahead and take it. Um, well, you know, they all get 375 milliliter samples of antique collection that are there for reviews and, uh, you know, trying to just get the word out and stuff like that. A, I don't really know if they need to send antique samples anymore because <laughs> everybody's going to say like they want it anyway. So like, what's the point? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised anyway, they still do it. It's because only, because they can only hurt them. 375. Don't, don't make it sound too spoiled. <laughs> They're uh, a quarter of the size of this. Okay, so <laughs> great. Okay, so back to topic here. Uh, <laughs> what he, what he tried doing is actually selling his samples on the secondary market, and oddly enough, people were sitting there. I mean, I think it was up to like two hundred something bucks at some point, right? But he tried because look at it this way: people used to do this all the time with like scalping tickets on eBay. They'd say like, "Oh, two tickets to the Ohio State Michigan game," but you're actually bidding on this big pen that's right here instead of the tickets, right? And so he tried doing that, saying this 375 milliliter of Blantons plus you get free BTAC samples, right? <laughs> so um, that's not what he said. Oh yeah, he did. Oh yeah, he did. I read it as you're getting both of these. 
Oh yeah. Well, you're getting so both of said, them, but who's going to pay two hundred dollars for a three seventy five of Blanton's? It was just regular Blanton's, right? Yeah, it was just the regular Blanton's. But the BTAC samples were the the extra kicker that yeah. you can get for free, along with the the Blanton's, right? Uh-huh. So that's his his kind of, I guess you could say, trying to go. Uh, underneath the radar of saying like, oh, I'm not actually selling these, right? Which it's bullshit. Um, it's brilliant. Uh, he's an he's an asshole for doing it because there's a lot of people that try to, uh, you know, they're they're respectable people in this world, and and he kind of put a, a disgrace on it. So um, we'll kind of see what happens. Like I think uh, Buffalo Trace might, you know, change their sample distribution process a little bit. So I don't know if you guys have any uh, uh, thoughts on the matter as well. I mean, I don't see if he did anything wrong. It was a gift given to him. He's allowed to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to try to play devil's advocate, but yeah, it's just a. That's a pretty shady thing to do, you know. You know what those samples are given to you for? It's to do a review. Look, if you don't use all the samples, like I've given mine away and you know sent them to other people, but to try to sell something that that just seems really shady um, and. Shout out to Maxwell and Superfly Bourbon. Apparently, he uh, the guy has been contacted by Sazerac, and like they're threatening action, which I don't know that they could really, um, really do anything. I mean, I don't think that's a real illegal act if it didn't actually go through. But um, yeah, they got the inside information, Eric as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what changes from that. I mean, I'm sure he'll never get a sample from them again, but at the end of the day, you got to just be thinking a little bit better than uh, to think that that's just going to go over well and nobody's going to have a problem with that. I mean, who's who's going to sell samples anyway? Now, I do have this, though, if you guys want. I, can- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, like, if you all want to send me 25 for shipping, I'll send that for free. Start the well, bidding. And the funny the thing was, there was like nothing out of his samples. I mean, it's a pretty small sample to start with. So then I'm like looking at his reviews. Well, what did he even review it on? He must have taken one sip and then thrown them up on the secondary really <laughs> fast. Um, and I swear, if he screws this sample thing up for all of us, I am going to be. <laughs> he's not. There's always idiots. And he's a moron. He's a he. Post his samples like a dumbass. His name is ingrained in Buffalo Trace, but you know that the other distilleries aren't going to care. They'll still send them. He'll say, I'm a blogger. They'll send him samples, but he won't get samples from Buffalo Trace, and that's it. It's not going to go any further than that. People are, look, the, people are greedy in this hobby. We know that. I, I don't think we've ever seen a level of greed like that before. Like, that's, that's pretty in, in, intense, but. I'm still surprised they responded to it. I don't know. I'm surprised they even, like, I feel like they had to. They just I feel like they had to, but I'm surprised they even care. I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know if they do, but they just put out the press release about spending half a million dollars to ca- to crack down on the bourbon secondary market and sell illegal pappy counterfeits and all this stuff. And then that happens, and you know, if they say, "Well, who cares." everyone's going to, you know, just blast them. So they, they yeah. did the right thing from a PR perspective in my yeah, mind. Like, I think it just – Go go ahead. Well, I was right. saying, I think it just shows you that they are trolling the secondary market to see what what they can price stuff at and, like, see what's going on there so they can mm-hmm. start to see, well, if they're doing this, then we can do this. You know, I don't know. It just seemed so, kind of so like – I think they should stay yeah. out of it, but yeah. whatever. Somebody ratted him out to Sazerac. And said, it was not me, although I do love ratting people out. 
I did not send the stuff to Buffalo Trace. Somebody sent sent those to Buffalo Trace. Oh yeah, and I think they sent them really fast because, according to him, he like, took it down, and Buffalo Trace or Sazerac contacted him. It was pretty upset. Eric yeah. always kind of wondered. So, what happens when the antique collection? samples come in at breaking do they get split three ways do you like boxes or paper for them or yeah the last two years we've split them up just so we can review them faster and get them on the website i was wondering or if you go to like david montgomery and say all right i'll give you a hundred bucks for your samples (laughs) 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 you know john hansel getting full bottles right like where where is his in-depth reviews and his barrel numbers and his, uh, he posts on Instagram. That's or Twitter. Or 140 characters. Like, yeah, we need to get hands. You know, like let's, let's let the bloggers move into the 50 milliliter sample world, and let's go with full bottle. I'll even split it with you guys. I'll take the Saz 18. You know, you guys can take a stag if you want. Maybe I'll have the handy, and we just do it that way. Like it's 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 gonna make it better for our reviews going forward. I'm gonna push Buffalo Trace for that. You go ahead. Yeah, see what you can get down there. CC me me on that email. We'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Don't CC me. I don't want to be a part of that. (laughs) He wants to still get samples. Somebody had a question in there. As as long as we're on the topic of VTAC, um, I said, do you want to address the disgraceful practice of truck stalking? So I want to share with you guys um, a little story of how bad it's gotten in Atlanta. And we all know that it gets worse every year, every year. We hope that there's a little bit of relief. Last Thursday, um, a local store, small store, but very a great store, um, posted on their Facebook page. They said, good things happen to those who wait till Friday. So all the local Atlanta guys follow this page. Um, he didn't even say what he was going to get. There were 15 people waiting for him to open at 9 a.m. on Friday morning. Then he said, guys, the truck's not even here. Well, the salesman had never even mentioned antique to him. He told him E.H. Taylor barrel proof two bottles and one or two bottles of Old Weller antique. So by, but he didn't know this. Well, I guess by 3.30, there were 20 people in his parking lot waiting for the truck to finish unloading everything. And he went out to them and he said, this is what I've got. Two E.H. Taylor barrel proof and two Old Weller antique. And everybody's like... Glad well, you're patient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just it's just the state of how bad it is. People will follow trucks. They were people just driving around waiting for the national truck to pull in. And, you know, the, the greed is just... Kenny and I have done that before. Yeah. I was going to say, following <laughs> trucks a couple of years ago was actually yeah. a really good tactic of mine. Now it's like everyone's way too far ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I I've done it before. Uh, however, nowadays there's no point in doing it um, mm-hmm. because if you're gonna here's and here's the way it kind of works. Here is that no matter what, um, this is how all the stores work. You either are you've built a relationship with a store owner. He's not gonna sell it first come first serve to whoever just shows up. Like those days are not gonna happen. Right. Um, Second is that they're sure you can follow them there and then you're going to pay three, four X retail for it. Right. They'll, they'll do it for that. And you're going to pay three, $400 per bottle. Like that's a possibility. Uh, and then C is that you're going to show up and they're going to be like, Oh, sorry, we're going to hold this for our Christmas raffle. So like there's, there's no point in following trucks. Like there, there's yeah. just really no point in doing it anymore. Um, at least that's how it works here. 
now I, I don't be wrong. I'm sure. And actually I know somebody that did it with Van Winkle, like back in 2012, 2013. Yeah. And they don't worry. They cleaned house. Right. And it used to work, but it doesn't work anymore. So yeah, you can, you can kind of quit doing it. I know a lot of store owners don't like it, especially the delivery drivers probably aren't fans of it because they don't want to be in Fast and Furious 9. So They probably feel like rock stars, though. The crowd waiting Well, I mean, I've even seen it now, like when they're unboxing a truck, like they don't, you don't even see Stag or Van Winkle boxes anymore. They like pack them inside like old Forrester boxes and all this other kind of stuff. So you don't even see the boxes anymore. So if you're trying to wait for it, like that's how they try to fool you. Um, so it's like the, the Willet putting the, the Willet 28 year boxes or something during Bourbon Fest. <laughs> no, yeah, they, they actually, yeah, they were just selling 12 years, but they had 28 year boxes that was in. So, uh, that started a, a panic for about eight minutes, something like that. Yeah. That's, um, we, uh, in, in Florida, we have the ABC stores and, you know, everybody kind of knows their delivery dates. So you'll, you'll get to a store and you'll see like the $8 an hour guy just back there flinging through boxes, crossing stuff off the sheet and like, 10 guys just standing around watching him work. I'm like, he's probably never had an audience for his job before. He was like, man, this is awesome. Here we go. <laughs> just doing it extra slow to see everybody get more and more frustrated with him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's something that they, they either like or don't like. I don't really know. But um, you know, when you're, when you're talking about ABC, you know, this was actually something that I put out on our Facebook page today. And it was kind of a question that I put out there was to figure out if, if you live in an ABC or you live in a government controlled state, you know, cause I'd mentioned that if you want anti collection, you want Pappy, like whatever, like you got to have these relationships, right? Like you have to have these, you need to be a good patron at a store. Um, you need to do whatever it is to, to make sure that you're recognized there. Um, but when you're in a government controlled state um, and we have ABC stores and stuff like that, like what, what point does having a relationship even matter anymore? Um, and I know that, Blake, you're in somewhat of a controlled state, right? With Florida? No, so it's they're just they're not controlled. It's just called ABC. Um, they do control the Weller line, though. So yeah, but it's just like my, a big my hot spot. A big, um, what do you call it? A big? Uh, it's not a franchise, but um, you know they have uh, Ponzi locations. Scheme. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a Ponzi scheme. No, they have locations all over the state, but it's not, um, it's not, it's not like state controlled or anything like that. So I think Florida and Texas. Were the but back states. to the original question, I do think it still matters because Florida and Texas were two states that had contracts with Sazerac before Weller Twelve ever blew up, and I think they get a set amount. If I heard this correctly, they. Um, Something happened in Texas said like the Texas ABC board and the Florida ABC board said we want X amount of Weller per year before bourbon blew up. And so they those two states still get a, a large share of it. But the ABC controls, I guess, where it goes within the state. But they do get like Florida and Texas are supposed to get really large Weller 12 allocations. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, it was. It was on shelves here for the longest time, even after it was still gone in most other places. And even at that, I still kind of took it for granted. But now it's it's we're kind of on everyone else's track. You know, we still get a fair amount, but um, 
Yeah. I, I think uh, Chuck even mentioned that in his last bourbon pursuit interview about how uh, Texas loved the weeded bourbon and the Weller line way before it was, you know, what it is today. Um, so I guess Florida had about the same thing going on. Florida was my go-to. I'd go every October to Santa Rosa, <laughs> go to ABC, yeah. and I get like, I'd be like, "Yeah, you will." And we're like, "Yep, we got cases of it just sitting around." Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, "Take as much as you want." <laughs> yep. And Still now, yeah. now just, I call and they're like, "Oh, we're doing a lottery." Yeah. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> they still get the same hold on here but but it's just you know as you know with bourbon it's harder to get yep Eric, i'm like you got anything good and they're like yeah we got this great angels envy you know yeah. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> Have you ever had your, that what is your go-to weed to me um hmm. yeah usually weller 12 i guess i still have a few old bottles <laughs> <laughs> pretty typical around. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so anyway, to kind of get back to the, to the topic at hand again, man, we are off the rails, like everywhere we go tonight. <laughs> um, so it was kind of, there was a few different comments in here. So JC said, my buddy won the Pappy at a raffle and turned it down since he thought he entered the raffle to win the bottle outright until he figured out he actually had to pay for it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then where was, where was this at? Uh, Chris J says it's all lottery and VA. And this is kind of going back to, the, uh, if you go to Burton Pursuit Facebook page, this is kind of where the conversation went is when you look at some of these control States where everything is centralized through a lottery, um, you know, you're talking VA, you're talking Pennsylvania, you're also talking Ohio now. Um, this is, this is a, an inherent problem that, people have said like, shit, who cares? Like, I don't need to build a relationship anymore because anything that's rare or interesting, like they can't help me get it. They can't, they can only get what they can get. So really the only benefit of actually having a relationship is if you want like a random Elmer T. Lee or an old Willer antique, like that's or it. Or if you need a new friend, you know, you just, you just need friends. We're just a buddy, you know? So, <laughs> so that was, I thought that was interesting to say the least, but. Yeah. All right, so we'll get let's go ahead and we'll we'll move to the next topic here. Uh, so Carrie did some sleuthing, and and you know this was kind of a rumor that spread on Facebook this week, and then Carrie sends a few emails, and then we come to find out in 2018 you can expect no Eagle Rare picks to go to any retail stores. So Carrie, kind of talk about the the story behind that. So there are two things going on. Number one, uh, they tried. Um, some samples of their Eagle Rare barrels. There is inventory, but they had a large rush on barrels, and they actually found that they're not tasting as good as they should be for a 10-year-old. And so that, along with the fact that um, they just the demand was so high and they couldn't keep up with the demand, they decided to that for 2018, they're going to shut the barrel program down completely for Eagle Rare. So that means no stores. No private clubs, no bars, nobody's getting any Eagle Rare in 2018. Now, the good news is um, what I've heard from them is that there's plenty of inventory. And in 2019, the program opens back up. It'll be back to normal. So all of the flippers will not profit off of this. What it will do is just basically reset the stock a little bit. And so I've, I think, honestly, it's it's good. It's a good move. Um, if you're not, if you know, instead of just keep pushing it out, um, you know, give it some time to mature a little bit, get the program back on par, and um, and that's what it is. But the good news is that right now, 
is when all of the 2017 Eagle Rare barrels are coming out. So a lot of stores are getting it right now. There's um, you know, still a bunch of stores in Atlanta that have them. So uh, it's good to stock up. You don't have to go crazy on it. You don't have to buy cases, assuming that you're going to, you know, like the Elijah Craig 12, the 12 year going away. Um, just buy a couple to have, because for me, it's it's my favorite everyday drinker. But um, there will be none next year. And I can tell you probably around this time next year, people will probably be paying maybe, you know, double for one, but it's not going to be anything crazy. So reiterate what the problem was again. Did you say the, the barrels just weren't up to par or there weren't enough of them? No, let me actually pull up the um, – yeah, so what happens with all those barrels? They're just going to let them sit for another year? What if yeah, what so, if they start next year? The minimum yeah. age for Eagle Rare is 10 years. It's, it's not the set age. It's the minimum age. They just have to be 10 years old. And so, But how, how many barrels are going past 10 years within the last four to five years? They actually had a miscalculation in the barrel model, and they did not have <laughs> as many barrels coming of age in 2018. And the barrels they tasted – didn't meet their profile standards. So they won't bottle any that aren't the best. So uh, they would have had to drop the age statement in order to um, support the private program in 2018. So they um, held it back one year to let all the, I think they have a lot of Eagle Rare that they made, you know, nine years yeah. ago. And I so- Buffalo Trace is the best at falsely creating demand. Like of everything. <laughs> they like, should have hired me to do, do their Excel uh, barrel projections. I've never had a miscalculation in my Excel. <laughs> it's, um, it, uh, yeah. I, it, like I, my, find this, I, I find this interesting. Like DOBs allocated bullshit. Just crank that shit out. Well, well I, I find this like really interesting because, um, you know, I've done a Eagle Rare pick before, and then I most of the ones that were on the market. They're all like 11, 11 and a half years old, right? I don't think I saw an Eagle Rare pick hit the market that was like, you know, at like 10 years, three months, right? They're a lot of them were over 11 years old. So I was kind of surprised when I, when I read this or, you know, saw that. Yeah, they, um, you know, I think if you look at Four Roses um, as an example, their private program continues to go at the same rate. And, you know, the, the recipes that used to be, 10 plus years old are eight. Um, they're getting younger, eight years, three months for some recipes. You're getting a lot of Q yeast that I don't know why anybody would buy a Q yeast barrel, but they, but they have to sell them anyway. So they buy them, but you know, it's, it's like you, you just, you, the barrel programs are always going to exceed the supply, I think until they start to limit them. And then when they do, hopefully the idea is that the supply, um, you know, it's greater than the demand. So the the idea is that there's just not enough um, regular store picks. However, that's not going to stop the normal distribution of Eagle Rare being blended and uh, sold. Then, correct? Correct. Yeah, there'll be there will be Eagle Rare. It just will be not a private program. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm kind of okay with that. I, I think you know when you give that explanation, I think it. Uh, I think there is a little bit more clarity there. I uh, appreciate that you know you can say thanks for the transparency. Um, you know, I think hopefully this may open up something else. Maybe they'll say like, oh, maybe now we'll do more Blanton's single barrels or something like that, right? Like, I'd like to see them open up something else as as a uh, another avenue, right? I mean, how cool to be. Yeah, I was say, how cool would it be to have Elmer T. Lee single barrels again, right? Yeah, I misspoke. I thought you were saying Eagle Rare was being 
not put out for, but it's only the private barrel picks. Okay. Correct. It's only the private program. I'm sorry, Buffalo Trace. I did not mean that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, Ryan, you're going to get us in trouble with like everybody, man. You know that, right? I've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, before we start wrapping this up, there is there is one thing that, uh, you know, kind of going back to the antique collection. And I had a I had a friend send me a message earlier and we, we kind of got it talking and, and he has this theory. And I thought it was like, oh, it's a pretty good theory. So, as everybody kind of knows that there were an insane amount of more stag bottles this year, right? Yes. Uh, what was it? 30, 38,000. So 38,000 bottles. Now, um, if you understand or recognize, these were also 15-year George T. Stags too. This is also the 15th anniversary or the 15th, whatever, it's the anniversary of when the 2002 stag was first released and they won whiskey of the year. So his theory was that they were onto something and that we could hopefully expect to see this many stag bottles in perpetuity. Yeah, it would be nice, right? So I actually asked um, Chris Comstock that question. I think I'd seen that somebody put that in a group or on Twitter or somewhere. So I asked him that question and he, he kind of danced around it a little bit and said, well, you know, uh, any, any Buffalo trace barrel that we tasted eight years, that's exceptional has the chance to go on to be stag. Um, but it does make a lot of sense that they would be cranking out a whole lot more when they're like, Oh man, people love this stuff. And if not all else fails, we got a ton of Buffalo Trace that we can stock up for in eight years anyways. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a continued number of bottles for the next few years. Now, let that be said, and then next year it's going to be down to like 3,000 right. bottles or something. <laughs> we all go, what just happened? <laughs> like, oh, no, we our projections were wrong. Go back to the spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that were the case, um, which kind of, you know, the whole Eagle Rare uh, didn't have enough for the uh, um, barrel program made me think like, well, maybe they're stocking more and more away to get to Eagle Rare 17. You know, it's been down. Um, well, it's always, it's always low, but it's even lower this year. I think it was only like, what? Eric's going to be able to answer 1600. Yeah, what was like 1600, 1700? Yeah. And I, I would agree um, with that. I would say maybe they're trying to, but look how much Stag Jr. there is now. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've walked into stores this year and Stag Jr. was on a shelf. I mean, you couldn't find Stag Jr. two years ago, three years ago, even one year ago. You couldn't find it now. Just depending on the season, you can go into a store and there's six Stag Jr. on a shelf. So I think it may just be one of those things where it's become more popular people love the barrel proof it's competing with elijah craig barrel proof and um and perhaps bookers even though bookers did the whole price move but maybe it's just they have a crap ton of match bill number one yeah and yeah everybody's okay I'm, with that yeah yeah i mean it, for sure because i mean it seems like well i know with heaven hill the elijah craig 12 went away because they're pushing so much evan williams out that there's not enough to to let it sit for that long. So I'm just surprised that they had enough to have a big uh, push because it seems like 
most distilleries are pushing their flagship brands more than the special releases. Uh, that was funny. Somebody said, Jeremy Kendrick said, the more Kerry drinks, the lower he is going. That's kind of <laughs> <laughs> He's slowly sinking out of the picture. Pretty soon we're here. just going to see a visor. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's another question from Kevin, and we'll, we'll kind of have this be the last question for the night because I know we're kind of uh, rolling on the top here. So Kevin Brinkerhoff said, I find Buffalo Trace private barrels to be the least interesting. Uh, the only great one I've had is Blanton's. The most of them, he said, are pretty close to the you know the standard profile. Um, I kind of want to get your all's take because I can definitely see this being uh, a typical thing, right? Um, a, in, in, but you have to understand is that they want it to be you know, not completely different. They have to be somewhat close to just subtle nuances. That's, I think that's the whole point of choosing a private barrel. But the ones that I've seen that have been either the most off profile or the ones that have the uh, more unique taste to them are just a standard Buffalo trace. Um, because it just seems like there's more variation with that mash bill or whatever's happened inside the wood that you have a, a lot of different variations uh, that's actually happening for that particular uh, type. Do you guys have any other suggestions or, or ones that people could look for that might have, um, you know, a little bit different flavor profile than just standard? Happy 15 is really one that I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the thing with these is it's like, yeah, it's just a slightly improved version, but you're still just paying 30 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever it is. And some of the Eagle Rare 10 year picks that I've had, um, like I had a, a cork and bottle um, pick that was just phenomenal and it was 30 bucks. So it's like you could just stock up on this and drink this every day and, and be set. Um, so I think that's where the advantage is. Well, yeah, it's not that different. If you get the right barrel, it is um, somewhat improved, but you're still paying the same price, which is usually a steal. We had one of the funkiest. You remember that sample, Kenny? We had that funky Buffalo Trace somebody sent us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do remember that. It was um, – uh, I forget who like who picked it or whatever, but, I mean, it was – we were tasting it, and we were kind of like – we had no idea what this was. Yeah, because he sent us, like, these blind samples. He was like, guess what they are, and, like, we had no clue. And it was like Buffalo Trace, and we're like, that's not that's not possible. Yeah, <laughs> non chill filters, I can't be, but that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Eric, I'll ask you a question to get you kind of hyped up here. What do you think of the okay. instant? <laughs> what was that? You cut out. What's what do you think of the uh, the the NCF hype or the non chill filter hype? That's that's kind of taken over the market where it it's all of a sudden demanding high prices and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> Not a, which isn't it? It's something like over 107 proof. The seven proof, the chill filtering doesn't make that big of a difference. Under 94, you can't you can't non chill filter it because it'll it'll get cloudy when you put ice in it. It's like 94, 92, or something like that. So I, I think it's a whole thing where everyone was so dead set on getting an OESK from the ME portion of the warehouse of Four Roses. I think it's a lot of hype, but, you know. I mean, hype geez. drives this whole hobby, right? It's all about That's what's true. the latest hype and what's the – But I will Although, say that non-chill filtered old weather antique against chill filtered, and there's just – there's a – 
at least the ones that I've tried are, are better. Um, not to say that that affects every product the same way, but for the old Weller antique, I do find that the non-chill filter, there was a, we had a C plus S pick that was non-chill filtered and it, damn, it was really good compared to some others. Now that just may have been the barrel. That was awesome. Um, I think it's, it's a good question for people to figure out where they can really tell a difference between the two. Yeah, that's um, – there was somebody – I think it was Chuck or somebody had a an article where they were talking about trying all the different uh, filtrations of – I think it was Michter's Rye, Michter's 10 years rye, 10-year Rye, and they tried it like six or seven different times blind for, or different kinds of filtration, and they honestly thought it was different rye of how it was getting filtered. So it probably pay, plays a part, but as for – calling for a higher price i don't know i think it's still more hype on that part no i'm totally with you on that um so i guess uh i think that'll kind of that'll wrap it up for for this episode i, I kind of agree that the uh the ncf thing the the train can kind of slow down a little bit might as well just let everything be ncf at this point if it just makes everybody fucking happy right like just, <laughs> just let it go right so but um and this was actually one question that brian wanted to uh put out here and ryan will let you order or answer because uh you seem to be the one that likes to cause the most uh most trouble um uh, what what are uofl fans supposed to do now with their rick patino and jerick bottles now that patino has officially been fired from the university of louisville oh man this this is a good topic. Uh, you know, probably just they they need to just open them up and like have a race to see who can finish them the fastest and like <laughs> just like in the pain of like all this shittiness they're going through right now. Because I, I do have one question about <laughs> this: Will Kenny get his Rick Patino tattoo covered up now that he's been fired <laughs> from? <laughs> oh me, yeah, my Patino tattoo, right? <laughs> Patino's got a tattoo that he's got to laser out because it says <laughs> national champs on the back. Louisville, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. fellas, uh, I want to say thank you again for, for they joining our championship, or they don't know yet. No, they uh, forfeited, right? Yeah. No, not yet. I don't. That's that's still being in the the discussion right now. Who knows? This doesn't get. Posted. They got to get through the first scandal to get to the second one, <laughs> and then to the third one. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's tur- it's turtles all the way down yeah. from there. <laughs> all right so guys let's go ahead we'll wrap this up i want to say thank you again for joining the discussion tonight i want to give you all one more chance to kind of go around the horn and let people know where you blog at um and how they can reach you blake you go first i'm uh blake from bourboner.com thanks for joining us tonight you can find me at bourboner.com bourboner on facebook twitter instagram that's b-o-u-r-b-o-n-r eric you're up Boner. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. No. I'm Eric from Breaking Bourbon. You can find us at breakingbourbon.com. Uh, we do all the social medias. We try to bring a little something different to each of those platforms in case if uh, you want to follow on all of us. And uh, we launched Patreon a couple months ago, and you can check us out there for some uh, little thank you gifts too. Carrie, it's your Carrie. opportunity to play cleanup. That's what Carrie. you love to do. Yeah, so this is Carrie, and I run strangegreenroom.com. <laughs> and find, uh, myself and Eric and smallgreenroom.com. Uh, you can also find me on suburbia.com, S U B O U R B I A, or 
Twitter at, at bourbon underscore gamer.com. And if I get drunk enough, I'll send you some samples. And we're pretty close to that, so stick around. uh, (laughs) as always thank you guys for uh thank you kenny and ryan and brian even though he's not here uh i miss you brian heart you boy uh thank you to you guys bourbon pursuit for keeping up these podcasts and sticking with it and entertaining us for an hour while we go for our walks you got it problem anytime happy to do it Especially when you got a good banter like this, you know it's it's really cool that we are in like the height of the season. There's a lot of actually whiskey news that's coming out, so we could we could almost do this like every other week at this rate because it's just <laughs> all the shit that's that's kind of happening. So yeah, I know Carrie would love that. Yeah, man, every other week, I'm, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> then he's gonna start. He's gonna start asking for our advertiser money if he's. Uh, I think we should just yeah. go to the topic next week. Is just no top or next time we do it just. There's no um, roster, no agenda. No agenda. Just, we just go for it. Just freestyle the entire thing. Yes. That, But everybody has to come in at least four drinks deep, and we're just going to go. <laughs> <laughs> that includes Eric. Eric, you're coming back. You're going to drink it. Where are you going to find it? Yeah, you have to finish that the entire thing at Parker's before you join next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right so uh guys thank you once again for joining uh everybody make sure you follow all these guys on uh, their social media platforms and also follow us on facebook's uh instagram uh as well as uh, twitter at bourbon pursuit we also have patreon at bourbon pursuit to help uh, support the show and keep it going um yep. as michael urata said don't forget to go out and buy the new mictors 25 year uh 800 bucks <laughs> It'll be, yes. be on the shelves real soon. Um, we didn't. Re- we didn't really kind of. We forgot to bring that one up. But uh, thank you, Mictors, for your sponsor. We'll uh, <laughs> look for your check in the mail. <laughs> and then uh, go ahead, Ryan. Close us out, man. No, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to you guys for giving us your time. Uh, these community roundtables, I think they're our listeners' favorites. So I appreciate y'all taking the time to join us every month. Hey, Ryan, you yep. know. And he does all the work, right? Like ninety oh, percent of it. All the recording. He's got to cut it all. Like you have it so nice. You just oh, chill. It's perfect. I just show up. <laughs> it's the pretty face of the group. That's that's what he's here for. You know, <laughs> my pay reflects it too. Yeah, he's got a base guy for this. Yeah, I'm a little behind on sending stuff out, but it's coming. Don't worry. Don't worry. So uh, appreciate it, and we'll see you next time.